you're listening to Not The Queen's English, the podcast where we talk about life in the UK and all things related to British English. My name's Holly. And my name's Murray. And this week we're talking about Edinburgh. Oh! The best city in the world. Oh my god! Because it contains us. Well, partly, but um, but before we get on to that, mm. uh, I need to enlighten you about things that are going on in the news. Oh, because yeah. uh, you, you don't watch the news, what? you don't look at the news online. No, I wouldn't touch it with a barge pole. No. <laughs> um, and what are the people talking about these days? Well, <laughs> you say these days. Um, something that people are talking about at the moment is something that people just love talking about anyway in the UK, which is the weather mm. in general. It's a cliche. But, because yeah, it's true. It is true. But specifically, people are talking about is there going to be another beast from the east? Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's what, such what... a cliche because I feel like I mean, people are always trying to do kind of mad long range weather predictions. Like I think people put bets on whether it's gonna be a white Christmas in like July or something. They start placing their bets. Um, yeah, but... and I have never lived through a winter in the UK that was not declared by Edinburgh Live and several other local newspapers to be the coldest winter on record mm. in, in about October before the winter starts. Yeah, they're, they're like, oh, we're, we're sure it's going to be like that. There's going to be like snow up to your eyeballs. You won't be able to go anywhere. <laughs> and every summer there's some news outlet saying it's going to be a barbecue summer. Uh, they, As in, they... we're all going to be barbecued because of global warming. Well, interestingly, that's not what they mean. Oh. <laughs> uh, they they mean things like, oh, you'll be able to go to the seaside. But they start saying this in March, and then when when it comes around to sort of days of miserable rain in July, we're thinking, what happened to that barbecue summer they were promising? Yeah, classic. It's just something they love speculating about. But um, the Beast from the East is something that happened in 2018. So it was a very unusual weather event. There was something happened, I guess, like to the east of us. I don't know if it was to do with like winds in Siberia or something, but there was just an unusual weather event that caused you know, widespread snow and really cold conditions for about a week. And it was it was very unusual. We mm. had really, like, crazy levels of snow here. Because it, it doesn't snow that much in Edinburgh. I think we're, like, a bit sheltered by being sort of near the coast. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't... That Yeah, it's, there's not much um, in the way of, like, big, sort of gorgeous... Uh, powdery snow days where you can like go and sledge down the hill or whatever like something out of a film like it's more like there'll be like a miserable few flakes of it and then yeah horrible slush in the gutters slushy and sludgy Um, but yeah the Beast from the East was like a proper big snow event but now it means every single year uh, the media especially like local newspapers love being like oh we set to have another Beast from the East (laughs) well you have to you know dig your car out of a hedge because there's so much snow <laughs> take your car out of a hedge yeah you'll have been driving and you'll just like slide into a hedge oh, because right. of all the snow okay. and then you'll have to dig yourself out okay thank, thank you for clearing that up no you're welcome um, I wasn't sure of the, the image there no um, because we are because there's meant to be snow in Edinburgh next week exciting um, and I think especially like the east coast of the, the UK generally is meant to have a bit of snow uh, in the next 10 days or so uh, and as a result of it being cold in the east of the UK it's like oh, this is going to be another beast from the east. I see. And can we just explain beast from the east now is that a sort of official term you know like Storm Arwen? Well yeah that's the funny thing that all of our storms have people's names um, I mean not just our storms I think like every country does this. But... Well I don't know because I, I really think of it as being an American thing. Well apparently though the, the storm we had recently and I'm trying to remember what name it 
it got when it came to the UK, but I think it was something like Storm Olga, and it had come from like one of the Scandinavian countries. Oh. Yeah, so there we are. <laughs> um, but no, the Beast from the East is just kind of the name that the media gave it. So um, it, it's also called Sudden Stratospheric Warming, according to the BBC. Less catchy. <laughs> um, and Beast from the East, I just... I mean, it's purely called that because it rhymes. Yeah. I just, I just, I'm just thinking from you know an English learner's perspective or an outside perspective, people might be thinking, "Gosh, and beast is that a sort of standard meteorological?" No, term? it's not, is it? They just were like, "Ah, oh, there's going to be like easterly winds moving in a strange direction from the polar jet stream. Mm. <laughs> Therefore, we're going to say that this is from the east, and what rhymes with from the east that could." Suggests like a big catastrophic yeah. event. Beast. <laughs> to, to quote Alyssa Edwards. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose beast is used just to mean like a big thing. Mm. Um, sometimes. But yeah. yeah it's, a bit, it's, it's a bit of a weird choice. It's very strange. Um, but yeah, I guess this is because I'm sure we've talked about this before. Definitely on our Instagram page. But just about how... If you work in the media in the UK, you probably spend about 85% of your time coming up with puns because, Uh. like, they love to have, like, a front page with a punning headline, like, puns throughout the paper. And I guess they're like, okay, there's something coming from the East. We need to make it catchy. We'll just say beast from the East. And, like, it doesn't make sense, but it's caught on. Well, yeah, it's certainly uh, caught on. It's, there are storms though that do become part of the sort of folklore like this, the hurricane of 1987 um, is being a famous example which was when um, someone wrote into the weather uh, the oh BBC weather forecast and said uh, I've heard that there's going to be a hurricane and Michael Fish the weather presenter said oh some woman's written in saying that there's going to be a hurricane well I don't think you need to worry about that and then there was like a massive I don't know if hurricane would be the technical term, but it really was like a huge storm. Like trees were uprooted and like buildings were damaged and stuff. Like it was a massive, you know, because we just don't tend to have much of that in the UK. Like we're kind of lucky that we don't get such extremes. Yeah, yeah, we don't tend to have very dramatic weather here. Although the weather, you know, there's a sort of base level of awfulness um, to be expected. But we (laughs) we don't tend to have dramatic weather and like... Thinking back to Beast from the East, like, we, so you and I, we were in the National Library of Scotland. We were. Uh, working, like, doing... Um, research. Research. <laughs> that makes us sound very lofty. It does, but that's what we were doing. Yeah, exactly. Um, And basically someone came into the reading room and was like, you all have to go home, the building's closing because of extreme yeah, weather. Yeah, it's a red weather warning. And we so were... there's, like, green, amber and red, I guess, in the forecast, and this was red weather, yeah. which is really unusual. Which is that, like, danger to life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so we, you know, not, I guess, you know, not necessarily respecting the gravity of the situation, mm. uh, went home via Marks and Spencer's, <laughs> yeah. got some ingredients to make a banana loaf, yeah. I think it was, and it just all felt really very exciting and exotic, which yeah. I guess that's the privilege of living in a country where the weather doesn't tend to, you know, kill people, mm. thank God. Um, yeah, it was all just like quite exciting. But yeah, that Michael Fish failing to predict catastrophic wind event, um, <laughs> that that really has just like got, because that happened before either of us were born, but we both know about it. I can like picture in my head the clip 
yeah, of him on the news. Yeah, it's so, it's become such a famous Because I've always been like as well, because he says that, oh, you know, this woman's phoned the BBC to tell them there's a hurricane coming. And I'm just, I would love to know the backstory of yeah, who, who this was. Who was she? And who like, is this vigilante meteorologist? Oh, I just, yeah, I love the idea that you'd be like, oh, they've got it wrong. I'm going to ring, first of all, who are you going to ring up? Like, what phone know. line do you call up? And then you're just, like, I just want to let you know that, um, but she was right. she? She should know. be a celebrity. Everybody knows who Michael Fish was. I mean, mm. maybe he wishes we didn't, mm. but because that is what he's known for. Yeah. Well, and wearing like horrible jumpers. I think there's a bit of a oh, and like um, a jazzy tie. I yeah. think he was a bit of a proponent of that. Uh, um, yeah, he's of... really gone down in the annals of British like TV embarrassment history. I wonder if if um, weather presenters are famous in other countries in the way that a lot of them are here. Well, we had Heather with the weather in Scotland, Did you? which that's very. Oh. Oh, and um, what about Carol Kirkwood? Oh, lovely, lovely Carol Kirkwood. Yeah. Um, Thomas Schaffernacker. Thomas Schaffernacker is one of the most famous British Heart weather presenters. Rob. Yeah, well, he is, but he um, he is famous because he's been very naughty. Like oh, he God, once yeah. he once put his middle finger up at one of his uh, one of the news presenters, oh not realizing the camera was on him. I will link to that clip in the cheat sheet because it is it is absolute comedy. It's so gold. funny because yeah, he he puts his middle finger up and then he tries to pretend he's just scratching his face. <laughs> he tries to style it out mm. and it just. <laughs> well, there's just no way because it's no. not at all a natural thing no. that you would put your middle finger up for any other punches himself in the face <laughs> in the process of trying to style it out. Um, I think also he maybe became the, the first person who ever had to sort of pause the shipping forecast. So the shipping forecast is where they say what the weather is going to be like out at different areas of sea. I, um, but it's more than that, though. It's yeah, like a, it's, it's, it's a massive institution in the UK. People love it. Yeah, people like tune in to listen to it who have no idea what any of it means because like it sort of goes through all the different like regions of like the bits of sea that are near yeah, to and the it's UK so and they've all got names like Dogger and Muckle Flugger is that one? Yeah, of them? they're all like very sort of exotic sounding. Yeah, and people just love it. Um, but he, yeah, he's I think maybe the only person in the history of Radio Four who ever had to sort of take a break during the shipping forecast to go and be sick because he'd been they'd had their staff party the night before. Oh. So he's a bit of a scamp, Thomas Schaffernecker. We love him. Yeah, he and and he loves painting pictures of sharks. Yeah, <laughs> he's a, he's just adorable. He's a very complex um, individual. Yeah. Um, okay, do you think that's enough um, current events? Yeah, well, I think it's it's always going to be relevant in the UK. Like, if you if you visit here and you think like, oh, people really can't talk about the weather this much. Believe me, mm. we love to talk about the weather. And if you say the beast from the east, people will have their own story to tell you. Of, oh, like, everyone remembers where they were, <laughs> <laughs> what they were doing, and how they couldn't get to work, or like, oh, we I kept falling over or something. So yeah, that's a, definitely a good thing to to bring up. But yeah, um, wish us luck and keep us in your thoughts if the beast from the east does come back because it wasn't quite as expensive to heat a flat <laughs> the first no, time around. That's so true. Um, yeah, we'll see how we get on with that. We'll, yeah, we'll have our layers on, don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in the meantime, let's move on to our uh, stated topic of the week, mm. which is Edinburgh, the fair city where we reside. Oh my gosh, um, we're so lucky. I, I, It's so nice. I think practically every day... But if not every day, then at least like three or four times a week. I'm just like, we are so lucky to live here. And you you must feel like that too. I do, I I, do. I cannot believe how lucky we are to live in Edinburgh. It's such a beautiful place. And it's got everything you'd need, really. Yeah, it's... 
yeah, I feel incredibly blessed to live here, and I genuinely, unironically, which is difficult for someone from from Scotland or from the wider UK. <laughs> Uh, I unironically love Edinburgh. Um, I'm glad we started talking about Edinburgh on a positive note because I've got a little sort of format experiment that I want to do this week. Basically, I want to start making sure that we, uh, you know, we bring the sort of prime educational content to our listeners that we've come to expect uh, from our Instagram account. Okay. So... well, I don't know. If this works out, every week I'm going to have a little list of like words and phrases that I want to cover in the episode. Ah. And I'm going to craft example sentences for these items based on the topic of the week. Okay. Does that, is that an, un, an understandable English sentence? I'm not sure. <laughs> so yeah, so I've got a handful of phrases and words, like idiomatic British language, because mm. that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say how many, in case some of them are crap and we have to edit them out. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I've I've yeah I've got some words and phrases with example sentences relating to Edinburgh. Okay. And the reason I said I'm glad that we started off on a positive note is because, and I don't know why. I guess this is just what I'm like. These have come out quite curmudgeonly. Oh no, that's <laughs> um, sad because yeah, we we scarcely have a bad word to say about Edinburgh. No, but... and I'm sure like we will circle back to all the positives. Okay, and and like maybe you can disagree with some of these these example sentences, or we can you know they are just example sentences. They're not necessarily uh gospel truth okay, okay about edinburgh so my first phrase that i want us to cover yeah is tourist tat okay yeah no i think that's, that's a fair, <laughs> it's fair isn't it? yeah that's fair so my um, example sentence for that is don't buy souvenirs on the royal mile all the shops there just sell tourist tat Oh, well, I think it's a sweeping statement to say all the shops. Yeah, I'm not some, sure I would actually very cute agree shops. with myself there. <laughs> there's some cute shops on the Royal Mile, but yeah, the Royal Mile is pretty much the most famous street in Edinburgh. I yeah. suppose Prince's Street would be the second most, but the Royal Mile is kind of a medieval street, really, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it well, goes it's the from yeah. the... Um, well, it goes from the Palace of Holyrood House up to the castle, but also the Scottish Parliament is now at the bottom mm. of the Royal Mile as well. So um, that's the that's the kind of the the two um, points at either end. And then down the middle, there's things like St Giles Cathedral, um, mm. which is where the Queen's funeral was. Mm. Uh, well, like the sort of Scottish portion of the funeral so that's been quite you know it's been publicized a lot in in recent weeks and months but um there's also uh yeah just a lot of touristy shops basically like it's it is kind of a street that locals don't tend to go on so much it is more you know because it gets very hectic like I was going to say like during the tourist season, but there just there isn't really a tourist off season in Edinburgh. No, it, it, people are generally always visiting here because yeah, there's there's so much to see. But I mean, August. Oh yeah, I August would is just like... try and avoid the mile completely because yeah. it is yeah, it is really hectic. Yeah. But I must say like. I, and I think probably both of us avoided the Royal Mile for years, mm. and then, like, we sort of, I mean, well, it's sort of our commute now, yeah. but, like, we definitely had a period of, like, where we, like, started going back there, and we're like, oh, gosh, it's actually really nice. Yeah, it is really nice. <laughs> Um, but the tourist hat that you were referring to, yeah. So let's let's define is, is, tourist hat. So it's kind of mass-produced souvenir items, yeah. I guess, that are like. Ten a penny uh, <laughs> yeah. as you walk up a street like the Royal Mile. If you go on Sockey Hall Street in Glasgow as well, like there's a yeah. lot of streets, a lot of shops rather that sell 
Uh, I think things like um, Loch Ness monster themed yeah. goods, so kind of like a hat that looks like the Loch Ness monster, or slippers, <laughs> which I have a bit of a soft spot for those Nessie slippers. I think they're quite cute. Yeah, no, they can um, be. Stuff with Highland cows on. Yeah. Um, generally, sort of you know tartan things or things that have got your kind of clan tartan and then yeah. and your surname on them. Um, but I suppose the crucial thing is that it's you know tourist tat contains the word tat. And tat is a, quite like a general purpose word in British mm. English for like low quality items, just just like crap that you don't need. That's like poorly made and just like gathers dust in yeah. your house. Um, so yeah, there's like there's obviously lots of really nice souvenirs that you can buy. Something's mm. not tourist tat just because it's you know got a Highland cow on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is a lot of like the stuff that you just see in every single shop as you yeah. go up. I suppose that you're like, okay, like they've all gone and got this from the same wholesaler. Yeah. And they've bought like thousands of units of this stuff. And it's maybe even like made in China, and you're like. Yeah, well, I think most of that stuff is, yeah. and you're like, oh, I went to Scotland and I got something that yeah. was just like mass produced. Somewhere. I just have to think of like the poor Chinese person in the factory making that, being like, what the blimmin' heck is this cow? <laughs> like, what is Why this? Are they this so is nothing this? to me. Or making um, like a coaster or a placemat that's oh, got like a Scottish man with his kilt blowing up. And you can yeah, see his bottom. Yeah, this bum on show. Yeah, yeah, this sort of thing of like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So my next phrase mm-hmm. uh, is hard done by. Oh. Which I, I think is great. I think it's a very British concept. Yeah. Anyway, my example sentence for that is, drivers in Edinburgh act so hard done by whenever the council does the least little thing for cyclists or pedestrians. Ah. So first of all, let's just define hard done by. Uh, this is such a good thing to know because as you say, it's like a classic. Yeah, British, sort of... British people love feeling hard yeah, done by. Yeah, love saying that other people are hard done mm. by. Yeah, oh my gosh, okay. Now, can you be hard done by, or can you only sort of feel hard done by? I think it, you can have either, but it tends I think to be feeling, you, yeah. yeah, feeling a bit hard done by. So basically, if you feel hard done by, you feel like some kind of injustice has been done to you. Yes. Um. Yeah. You, yeah. You just feel that you have been treated unfairly, and it tends to be used. I don't know. I I feel like you often hear people say like, "Oh, don't don't act like you're so hard done by" or whatever. Mm. If someone's sort of like in, like pouting about something. Well, this is uh, so the the way that it's so often used in our family <laughs> is that my mum might say to uh, to me and my brother. Oh, do you um do you want some chocolate? And then my dad will pull a face, and my mum will say, "Oh, you're not, you know, don't act like you're so hard done by." Because yeah. you know, he'll be he'll be wanting some chocolate too, and he'll be miffed that he wasn't offered it yeah. first, or or you know maybe he's usually told he's not allowed to have a chocolate, and then my mum's offering it to us, so yeah. he feels hard done by. And I think that that is a key part of it that it's it's not generally used like if some grave injustice happened no. to you, you wouldn't use this. It's generally for minor things of like oh hang on you know I've been waiting here for ages and you've served this yes. person first and you're sort of hard done by that's it that's so true <laughs> you would you would never say like oh this this like persecuted minority are really hard done no, by like no. it would sound very belittling mm. to say that it's almost always in the context of like oh stop complaining yeah so um, I mean the reason you're saying this about motorists in Edinburgh yes. is that it's the the council is trying to put in measures to make it easier for people to get around on foot yeah. uh, and to kind of prioritize um they call it active travel don't they yeah. so like walking and cycling to places because so for so long in the UK i mean we compared to america for example mm. like we're doing really well because you can you can walk most places in the UK yeah 
but there is a lot of traffic in the middle of the city. So there are various measures in place to try and reduce the amount of traffic. So increasing public transport, um, having a low emissions zone, um, various things that will stop people wanting to drive into the centre. And really, you shouldn't need to travel by car into the city centre. Obviously, there's exceptions if Mm. you have a disability. But on the whole, we've got very good public transport. We're really lucky because our public transport in Edinburgh is publicly owned. That's very unusual in the UK for for things like that to still be in place. So the City of Edinburgh Council owns Lothian buses. So, yeah, you can get around very easily, but uh, they're bringing in these measures and local newspapers love talking about... The the terrible plight for motorists of, oh, what, well, I can't just park on the pavement now so that I can go into this shop and save myself three minutes of time but inconvenience everybody else. Yeah, it's, it's, and they always couch it in terms of like, oh, small business owners are like mm. being ruined by the fact that like people can't park a massive Jeep right outside their shop. And it's like, I just, I just don't know that that's true. No. Like, is is that, like, a good advert for your business if there's just, like, cars, like, choking up the pavement yeah, in front of it? Yeah, it's very, it's very strange. Uh, so And there's, like, there's parts of Edinburgh. So, like, Morningside, which is sort of one of the famously really posh parts of Edinburgh, and it's really nice. It's really beautiful. I love going there, but only if I go at, like, 8 in the morning mm. when the, the, the traffic hasn't arrived yet. Because, like, I, I just generally avoid it because it's so... The streets are not designed for traffic. Like, Edinburgh's no. a very old... Like, the central the, parts the, of The Edinburgh. pavements are so narrow yeah. in a lot of parts that, you know, as soon as as soon as there's a few cars coming and going, it does just feel a bit dodgy, doesn't it? Yeah, and it, when it's just, like, it's loud, it's, like, you know, the air quality's not good, it just, and it's just, like, unattractive to look at all these big hunks of metal mm-hmm. over the place, like... But also just like you were saying about the pavements being narrow there. During the pandemic, now was it specifically because of the pandemic or was it... Yeah, I think so. They started this scheme called... This council started a scheme called Spaces for People. Um, The idea being that they would sort of uh, temporarily make certain pavements wider or they'd close some roads and it meant that people were able to walk and and actually observe social distancing and stuff but (laughs) the way that the local press talked about it it's as though they'd started some kind of scheme that was like if you you know if you drive a car then we'll come around and shoot you it was it was so yeah they got so up in arms about it up in arms arms is is another great Uh, yeah it's uh, a good thing to partner with being hard done by yeah people who feel hard done by often get up in arms yeah. meaning they become outraged and complain a lot yeah um yeah the newspapers treated it as if it was like this massive infringement on people's human rights and like it, it was really it was just sort of bizarre in terms of like i don't know like sort of cognitive dissonance to watch people being so furious about a scheme that was called spaces for people yeah it's like really what is there to object to <laughs> in that concept but people found a way oh they certainly did people will always find a way um oh my gosh the other thing as well as people getting on their high horse i think that goes with people being up in arms and people feeling hard done by as everyone's getting up on their high horse about oh you know there should be there should be priority for for motorists rather than pedestrians yeah it's been getting on your high horse is an interesting one because it sort of implies that you have some sort of moral superiority or i I guess at least that you think you do yeah i suppose that's the Um, thing it's the perception of i I'm in the right here, so I'm getting up on my eyes. Yeah, yeah. No, th- those those three expressions go together very beautifully. Yeah, they I do. <laughs> okay, my next expression is 
like painting the fourth bridge. Oh, that's such a nice one to have. Okay, and that's my such a nice one. My slightly sour example oh, I have right, for okay. it though is um trying to report all the illegal Airbnbs in Edinburgh would be like painting the fourth bridge. You'd never get through them all. Yes. Oh. So first of all, let's just expl- explain like what the fourth bridge is and what what this thing is about painting it. Yeah. Oh, the fourth rail bridge is a really famous bridge that connects um I suppose Edinburgh really. Um yeah, to, it's, um, to Fife, the Kingdom of Fife. Yeah. My home county of West Lothian used to claim the fourth bridge as a, as a local site because back in that it was part of West Lothian, oh, but it's uh, it now belongs to Edinburgh. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's you'll you'll probably have seen pictures of it. It's quite iconic. Yeah, um, it's a cantilevered bridge. Is that right? <laughs> I, 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 I think couldn't it is. Possibly it's, a, it's a remarkable feat of engineering, and mm. it is red. <laughs> yes. and you can get the train over it there's also two road bridges that go over the fourth estuary that connect sort of Edinburgh way over yeah. to Fife um, but yeah the the rail bridge is incredibly famous because I think th- there was this sort of ongoing thing that it was they could never finish painting it because no. it's such an enormous structure that by the time you started painting you would sort of start painting one end by the time you got to the other side the first bit of painting you'd done would be knackered because yeah. it, I guess there's just the quality of paint or whatever it would have corroded it's, it's above the sea so and you know Scottish weather yeah. it was probably facing a lot of kind of adverse yeah. conditions so it would basically always have scaffolding on it because they would always be painting one bit of it but they like I don't know and it was quite recently like maybe only 15 years ago or something they sort of came up with a way of doing it whereby it would last yeah so they don't have Um, to sort of constantly be painting it yeah but it has just become an expression people use for something that you know you you, you're never finished with it It just it's going to take you ages by the time you think you've got to the end you have to go back and start all over again yeah so i just i thought i would um teach that one since it's of sort of local provenance Mm. as it were Mm. um but yeah, my um, my slightly uh, not very cheerful example sentence uh, regards a problem which Edinburgh has in abundance, but I think probably applies to most major cities or certainly any that have like a, a big tourist market. Yeah, I think that it's much more concentrated here because the city centre is quite small, really, yeah. and. Yeah, there's something, I think it's 8 million tourists come here every year. Gosh. And there's, you know, like, what, half a million people living in the greater, in the greater Edinburgh. Edinburgh area. So it's, yeah. yeah, it's quite a, you know, the ratio of kind of tourists to locals is quite pronounced. Yeah. And I think especially during the festival. So I think that um, this probably started off that a lot of people... Uh, in Edinburgh would move away from the city for the whole of August and would rent their flat out to people who were coming mm. here for the festival because, you know, it's you would make a lot of money. People yeah. would probably get enough money to pay off their entire mortgage, like the mortgage yeah. for the whole year. Because, like, you... Cause... I'm sure when we were at uni um, and, like, we sort of knew maybe friends of friends who came up to, like, put on shows at the festival, I'm sure people would, like, I don't know, a theatre company would rent a flat and, like, 20 of them would, like, sleep together in, like, a sort of three-person yeah, flat. Yeah, because it was so expensive. Um, yeah. Um, so you could pretty much just... If you owned property in Edinburgh, you could just charge whatever you want for the whole month of August, Yeah, it's crazy. 
but it's become just more a thing all year round now. I guess like as Airbnbs developed, and I think there are some people who use it for its kind of original purpose, which yeah. is like, oh, you've got a spare room in your flat or in your house, which I don't rent it out. Like whatever that I don't massively have a problem with that. But it's like if you there are now people who buy flats just to let them out as Airbnbs, which is technically illegal because like you're then running that as a business, but it's just registered as like a regi- as a residential property. Um, so, like, there's a lot of that in Edinburgh, and it's something that, like, the both the council and the government just don't really know what to do about. They're slowly, like, bringing in things yeah. to tackle it. In fact, I keep getting adverts on Instagram being like, oh, take advantage of, like, the delay in this legislation so that, you know, you can make more money from your Airbnb. No. And I'm like, well, first of all, thank you for assuming that I'm able to own property. Yeah, at least let I know... a spare one. <laughs> at least I know that the Instagram algorithm doesn't have access to my banking app. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so it's quite, it's something that a lot of people in Edinburgh feel very like resentful about um... well because it's expensive to rent in the city center and then when you see entire flats that are being used it's just making it worse it does make it worse and i suppose that there's some that are more like party flats as well so people are just like trying to live their life and then there's kind of stag do's and hen do's coming up and staying in their building regularly and i think that can be difficult for anyone who lives in the old town. So I guess it's worth explaining what I mean by that. People tend to people tend to divide Edinburgh into like the old town and the new town. And the old town is like the really touristy bit, including like the Royal Mile and stuff. Yeah, it's the kind um, of medieval bit around yeah. the Royal Mile. And it's very, very densely populated. And like anybody who... Although, to be honest, I don't know if anybody genuinely lives in the old town anymore. There must be like one person per stair. Yeah, I knew someone who lived on St. Mary's Street and he was the only person who lived in his flat or the rest were Airbnbs. I and think you that's see really the Airbnb common. sort of key boxes. Yeah. Outside some flats, there'll be like 10 of those boxes outside the front. Yeah, it, which is just kind of insane yeah um and then like yeah the poor people like trying to live there permanently where and just like every day new people are arriving you can hear the, who, like, like the scrape of wheelie suitcases oh, God, yeah. and like obviously those people are there on their holiday they want to enjoy themselves but like for the people who live there that's every day of the week someone's like having like an outrageous drunken party <laughs> whilst they're just trying to sleep so yeah it's a bit of a, a bit of a hot topic uh, yeah, in you, edinburgh if, um, if you can when you come and visit try and stay in a hotel yeah um, I, mean, I know with... it's easy to say that because it can just be more expensive but if the option's there or if you know an airbnb be sort of staying with somebody in their house rather than just having a whole flat yeah then that yeah that, that would be great yeah we don't want to sound like preacher or whatever but like i mean for your own sake as well because you you if you're coming to like a party flat you might find that, you know, you're on a stair with people who are, feel very hostile towards wow, you. yeah. Um, for, you know, no fault of your own, but just, like, because of what they're having to deal with the rest of the time. So, you know, for your own enjoyment, just a hotel. Mm. There's, like, primary inns and things, like, just in the centre of town. Yeah. That are, are presumably reasonable. Mm. Well, there's, yeah, there's a travel lodge just off the Royal Mile. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, yeah just... there are like and there's loads of hostels that are actually quite nice hostels that's true that's mm, true right in the um, centre so yeah okay so my next one is not a phrase it's just a, quite a useful word oh, yeah. I think which is swizz swizz <laughs> s-w-i-z possibly a second Z yeah there? definitely a second Z it's not a word you see written down a, a whole lot no. it must be said um, okay my example sentence if you come to Edinburgh, don't bother paying to go into the castle. It's a total swizz. Oh. 
Yeah. I think that's something we can all agree on. Although, actually, I've never been in. <laughs> no, I have I have been in, and like, I enjoyed going in there. But I think it is about 18 quid to go in, which is a huge amount of money. Yeah. And you can just walk up to the sort of... Do they call it the Castle Esplanade or something? That rings a bell. Yeah, yeah. There's just the bit in front of the castle. You can walk up to that and look at the views. Yeah, great views from there. And you can, you know, you can look at the castle. Mm. But yeah, you, going if... in, it is just... It is a lot of money. Yeah. But if you come here on St Andrew's Day, you can go in for free. Oh, I mean, you might have to sort of get there early, though, if, if, that's, yeah. if everybody knows about that. I mean, like, obviously, go... If you love, like, you know, stately homes and castles and, like, seeing old, you know, furniture or whatever, mm. then, you know, if that's really your thing, then, like, don't let us put you off. But, yeah, if you're just coming to Edinburgh and you want to sort of, like, see the main sites, go and look at the castle, but don't bother going in. Yeah, um, it is It is just such a lot of money. I Yeah, I think I think I, when I went in, that was with a student discount as well. Gosh. And it was about 18. It's such, such a lot of money. Yeah. And I think it's... And this is not, you know, to pick on the castle in particular, because there are there are just a lot of tourist destinations in Edinburgh that are probably quite expensive. And if you wanted to come and have like a really cheap weekend here, there's so many great things you can do for free or for very little. Yes, yeah, so I think many. paying to go in, or I suppose you know, doing enough free things that then if you do pay to go into the castle, you you know, you've you're, made up for you've it. You've made up for it. You're not just paying out yeah. big sums of money to go to lots of different places. Yeah. Um, Shall we just say, just think case it's not clear from context yeah swizz something that's a swizz Um, is like a rip-off yeah it's it's um it's not just something that's like bad value for money it's more like you're being tricked sort of thing um or yeah, like which it... is a bit rich to say that about the castle because you know it's like it's it's i don't think they're trying to trick you but it is just no really but expensive. you know what i mean like it, okay like, maybe not you're being tricked but it's it more it sort of expresses the injustice of how expensive the thing yeah, is rather that's, than that's just that it's expensive it. yeah um is there anything else that we need to talk about? Is there anything else that's like... I think if you're going to come and visit Edinburgh, feel free to drop us a message on Insta because we are full of recommendations. Yeah, we'll give you a top tip. We can tell you like the best bookshops to go to. We can tell you the nicest cafes. I think I think we've got a good... Yeah, we've lived here for a long time so mm. we and we love it. So we will tell you all the cool things to do and especially if you want to do it on the cheap. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, for Pete's sake, don't get on that, um, that hop-on, hop-off tour bus. You can walk that route dead easy. Yeah, or you can just go on like a Lothian buses bus around those places. Yeah, for literally like a 20th of the price. Yeah. Um, top tip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're full of them. So anyway, that, that's enough of uh, money-saving expert for <laughs> Oh my God, you're right, Martin Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I guess that's uh, that about does it. Um, mm. Well, I mean, that's not true. As with everything, there, there are... There's a million and one things to say about yeah. Edinburgh. We've barely scratched the and surface. And we, we could go on about our love... Slash our, you know, our sort of gripes about Edinburgh um, yeah. for, you know, just hours and hours. But there's a little overview for you and some uh, some very handy phrases. Mm. Um, let us know what you think of this new format. Um, yeah, I'd be interested departure. to know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. If there's anything that we've talked about that kind of went over your head, you're a bit like, what on earth are they going on about now? Who's Martin Lewis? <laughs> Um, then you can have a look at the cheat sheet. You can find the cheat sheet on our Patreon, and that just gives an overview of some of the slang we've used and cultural references we've made, um, just to help kind of as you listen along, you can refer to it, uh, and hopefully it'll clear a few things up. Also, follow us on Instagram if you don't already at Not the Queen's English. We, we'd love to see you over there. <laughs> we words, we words. 
Um, and yeah, that's about it. So we'll see you soon. Ta-ra! Bye.